All right, welcome, Nerdables. We are live here at Comic-Con 2016. I'm R.A. Rain. This is episode 145 of Nerdables. With me are... Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. I'm Chris. I'm excited because there's free water. <laughs> Hello, I'm Travis Jones. I'm Sebastian Gordils. And I'm Ethan Benjamin. Sebastian, that's not what your name is. Yeah, you're they spelled now. my name wrong. <laughs> I'm very oh. sad. So, um, is there anyone here that's actually listened to Nerdables before? That's not friends or family. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> Okay, cool. That's All right, well, good. we do a weekly podcast on nerd culture, nerd news, mainly Star Wars. Um, mostly Star Wars. Mostly it Star Wars. Up, <laughs> Somehow every way. podcast ends up some reference or... We'll be talking about something Some of those podcasts random. don't yell at each other either. So. Yeah, it, it ends up all in Star Wars, but we, we do manage sometimes to get other things in. Yeah, usually when we yell at each other. But we decided we were going to do something special for Comic-Con, so we wanted to spotlight a voiceover actor who's a major talent in the industry, may not know his name right off the bat. And has a great sense of timing. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. But you will definitely know his talent. Um, so please welcome to the stage the Emmy-nominated Emmy voice of Puss in Boots, Eric Bauza. Like... Literally, that was the best timing See, ever. The, the first lesson about voiceover is to, you know, if you're late, make it good and gracefully <laughs> enter the library. There you go. How are you guys doing? Woohoo! Thanks for coming out. So, on this Saturday morning, which is the hardest. Well, I mean, Sunday's pretty tough to get up, but Saturday morning on a Comic Con weekend, you know. Sun Sunday's always my favorite to go to Artist Alley and see yeah. who's a real professional and yeah. who's not. <laughs> who's still left standing. You get there standing. like at 10 o'clock in the morning going, that person's not going to sell any prints today because they're not here. Who's uh, face down in their sketchbook? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what, did you have parties last night? No. no. You know how hard it is to get into a bar with a four and a half month year old uh, baby? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we don't serve your kind here. I, was like, wow. I thought it would be easier. You could just use the baby as like the cute factor and be like, "Hey, look how cute he is." You know, that works in grocery stores, not bars. Oh, you can okay. tell him it's a flask. Yeah, I was like, you, <laughs> you know, have a very realistic looking flask. He's uh, probably more buzzed than most of the people in this bar. So, <laughs> but yeah, we this is the first time that we had uh, brought our uh, our son Jessica and I, or our son Riker, to Comic Con, and uh, it, well, it's, obviously it's the first time because you just had him. Though. Yeah, he's four four months ago. There was there wasn't anything going on back then, but uh, it was a uh, an experience. How about you guys? How's your con going so far? So far, it's actually great. Yeah. <laughs> You've only been here a day. Yeah, here. <laughs> oh, good. I got here last night, so things are going wonderful for me. <laughs> we have a hotel room, so that's strong. So yeah. there you go. I mean, <laughs> so you Eric, you you are all over voiceover acting, animation. What characters are you doing regularly right now? Uh, you had mentioned Puss in Boots. Yes. I am uh, the voice match for Puss in Boots. And there's one of my co-stars right there. How are you? <laughs> there you are. You should be up here more, more than I. She's on the show. <laughs> all right, somebody all give up their show. Yeah, seat. she's right, right, I guess right. a regular on the show now. We'll, we'll call her up soon. But um, that, uh, I was actually in town here for a Ninja Turtles panel. Uh, this Comic-Con's pretty special to me because um, they actually, uh, Nickelodeon produced some animated shorts with some various creators and directors of animation. Uh, one of them, uh, of which is uh, Jonan Vasquez, who created Invader Zim, which was a, a big show, uh, I guess, in the early 2000s, uh, late, mid to early to mid 2000s. And uh, he did a short, and I got to do the voice of Donatello in that short. Uh, and then the current exec producer and writer on 
the current Ninja Turtle series on Nickelodeon, Brandon Amon did a short that premiered at the panel yesterday, and I got to do the voice of Leo. So that's two turtles in one week. That's not bad. Only two more to go. Only well, two technically down, I played Raph in the pilot. Okay. And that honor went so to now Mr. You just Sean have Mikey. I got Mikey. He's the only turtle left. I'm actually ahead well, we, of. We uh, actually got, have you got some shoes to live up to with Mikey though. Because. <laughs> You actually beat one of our panel or other panelists out for a role of no. Tiger Claw. What? We don't we don't need to bring that up. Travis what? was up for no, the it was, role. It was no, it was Bella, right? Bella. Yeah, no, it was Bella. Yeah. It was Bella was up for yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Travis was up for the role, and you beat him out. No way. This That's is all an elaborate plan to have Travis kick your ass. What? <laughs> <laughs> In a library. Yes. No less. Yes. Well, see, we're nerds, so you know we had to be at the. <laughs> He's library. going to do it quietly. Don't worry. <laughs> we're gonna have a read off. Yes. Exactly. Just have the librarian just catch her like, in the rye. Who could who could read it fastest? Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Is there? Uh, that's cool for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, it's it's cool that you lost, man. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I think it's super cool that you know in the world that we work in, as far as like acting, voiceovers, and podcasting. Now it's like. It's open. Every anyone that has a, a, a dream and like a, a want and a desire to do what we do can just grab a mic and do it and just give mm-hmm. it a shot because you never know. I think that's if there's any advice that um, uh, young uh, actors will email me or like hit me up on Twitter about. It's like, oh, what's the one thing that you can offer as a, as far as advice? And this is not to give up. And I think that applies to just about anything you want to do. Um, but if, if you don't try, then you'll never know. You'll never know. You'll sit there and be like, man, what if I, if I, if, what, if, what would happen if, if I just done that thing? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to one day hear your, uh, your rendition because I, I, I don't know. I, you know, as, as it you actually know. is really interesting to hear other people's takes, especially yeah. like once something has been set. To hear yeah. all the different styles that yeah. people gave to so it. So if he does it now and he does it better than you, would you He's give got up the, the job? job? Okay. Yeah, I, oh, was, I would relinqu- <laughs> relinquish my rights as Tiger Claw and just sign it over. It'd be like a, it'd be Is like this a contract? <laughs> the SAG contract that you guys yeah, yeah. The season premiere could be like those soap operas. Or like the role of such and such would be played by some yeah. actor who... Today, the role the of Tiger Claw will be played well, by Travis yeah. Jones. Well, also, here's another thing. If you are submitting for a role and you don't get it and the producers and writers hear what you have given them and they kind of like it for something else yeah like then who knows like uh i didn't get raf so then they're like we should try him for shredder i didn't get shredder and then they're like well we created this new character tiger claw and i was just Mm -hmm. like well again the other thing is just be patient it's like you'll get in where you fit in if you take yourself out of the game then there's no one else to blame than yourself so what made you want to get into voiceover acting and when did you decide you wanted to do it uh, I started uh, out as a as an artist, actually. Um, actually, more more or less, I started out as a production assistant. So, make sure you know how to clean a toilet real well, and then you could be Tiger Claw. You no, get um, coffee really well. Yeah, uh, it was for a studio called Spumco. Um, they created the Ren and Stimpy show, and I remember in my third year of college, I saw on this thing called the internet. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Internet thing. Internet? Uh, the internet. Um, mm-hmm. It's like electronic books. Uh, they were calling out, like, we need production assistance and we need help to produce this show called The Ripping Friends. And it's these four muscular brothers that don't have any superpowers and they just got 
muscles. That was the whole idea behind it, is that they didn't have any help from superpowers. They were just these gigantically ripped guys. And it was uh, John Chris Felucci's first show after Ren and Stimpy. It was for Fox Kids. It was 1999, and I called them and I said I'd work for free, and they're like, good, you're hired. Uh, when can you start? And that was it. All the friends that I made at that internship ended up working like five, four or five years later after that internship was done. I was only here for, uh, in LA for about a year. They all started working for places like Warner Brothers and Nickelodeon and Disney. And they kind of remembered that like, you know, I wasn't shy about like, yeah, I, I can kind of do voices, but I'd rather make you photocopies. Watch this. <laughs> I will send that fax for you, like the best fax you've ever seen. Um, but they remembered like that I love to do that. And when it came time for them to pitch their own stories and pilots is when they asked me, hey, would you ever consider coming back? And would you read for this just for fun? And I remember the first, uh, oh, I'm Canadian. I don't know if I should preface that with the hat. Uh, you are? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> you know those Canadians, let me tell you, okay. They come gonna, down, they take our jobs yes, from us. Yes, we're going to build a wall out of poutine. That's French fries, cheese, and gravy. And we're going to make them pay for it. Uh, I came back, and one of the first shows that I got on um, here in America was El Tigre. And that was... Uh, there's a movie that came out a couple years back called Book of Life. Um, yes. mm -hmm. And it was directed by a friend of mine, uh, Jorge Gutierrez, and his wife, uh, Sandra Ikiwa. And they are from Tijuana, so they, they know the trials and tribulations of uh, people outside the country coming in. And they saw this uh, Canadian with the dream of being a voiceover artist, and they <laughs> decided to put me on their show. And uh, ever since then, it's just been like one amazing streak of luck after another and um i'm just really thankful for that because and you guys having me on your podcast i consider this like a huge deal like it's <laughs> you know you could you guys could have got anybody but you picked me how Thanks. much did you pay him for that endorsement, Rich? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did pay for that. I love that Don't you worry know. about the money. Was it like $4, $3? I love the fact that you think we could get anybody. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, you you guys got to... Well, gotta... we were going to have Arabella. Okay. <laughs> she, had a, she had something before that. She did. Yeah. She, she Actually, she cost way more than you did. <laughs> a smart water? That's how it was. <laughs> she was no, that hours. was my price. Like, she asked for water, two smart waters. Yeah. She has to play for Pokemon Go for a while. So. Oh, man. You into the Pokemon Go? Oh my gosh! It's like everyone. She's the only one playing it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else on the planet. There's no one that's ever played it but her. The only user out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if I answered. Uh, I may have oh, gone off so. track, but. Well, in the middle of that, you, you did your Donald Trump impression. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Doing... No, no, it's okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> it, it it just hushes the room. I, I hosted the Cartoon Network panel and. Uh, it was a screening. They they showed this one clip of Uncle Grandpa uh, and Pizza Steve is running for president. <laughs> and after the clip was done, Pizza I was like, Steve. you know, he's orange, he's full of himself, and he's running for president. There's something about this guy that I really, really you like. Gotta do, you got to do the fingers up. That weird that finger. Thing, I, don't, uh, finger I, I stopped watching. Like, did you do, <laughs> Are there other celebrity? Did you start out like doing, trying to do celebrity voices you know, um, when you were younger? Or was it something you were just trying to develop your own voice that you could move in different places and all that type oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's just whatever you do for fun. And 
in high school, it was more about just making fun of the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that, kids. Make fun of your teachers, impersonate their voices. They love it. And then you'll get paid for it. Eventually. Yeah, eventually down the road. Um, no, I, I, I never really uh, fancied myself as like, oh, I'm just going to do impressions. There are some people out there. Uh, uh, three of my friends, actually. I did this. Um, there's this guy. He's on YouTube named uh, Piat Michael. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. He, I saw, I actually met him years ago. This had to have been 2006 or 2005 in this city, in San Diego. He's from Hawaii. Doesn't look Hawaiian by any means. Not at all. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember walking across the street, and he's like, hey, you're, you, uh, you worked at Smoko. You, you ended up doing the Stimpy voice. Uh, I was like, yeah. And now, in a, in a week, he's going to be on the new Mad TV. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I met him when he was just yeah. like just starting out and to see how far he's gone and the other thing about the world of voiceover is like you see people and when when you know like you can't do a certain role or a job or a voice everyone that i know and including myself i always think well i'm not going to do it but i know this guy can and you recommend that guy and he or she gets the job and it's this community of like generosity because it is like a really big family kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, not to knock on ca- on camera actors and performers, uh, to those men and women who make it look so easy. God bless them because I like do stuff for free for friends that are like, hey, I got this thing I'm shooting this weekend. Do you wanna? And I'm like. I have to stand in the desert in this like butler's costume for 12 hours for free. And I'm just like, <laughs> things would be different, I guess, if like uh, Universal Studios or Warner Brothers gave like a truck for load, load of money to you. But yeah. well, you've done a couple commercials, right? Uh, no, I mean, just for fun. Th- those were all still for fun. That, Was that, it? That the Pringles commercial? Yeah. We did this Pringles uh, contest thing where <laughs> it was like, make a 30 second commercial and maybe if you win, yours will be on TV. And I fought this guy in a Darth Vader costume in an office setting, and it won. It was like ridiculous. It was great. It was, <laughs> it, it was really funny. It premiered during the first episode of Agents of Shield. Oh, I remember and that I, commercial. Yeah, that was awesome. That was me fighting that made me Darth hungry Vader. For Pringles. I was yeah, like, I need yeah. Pringles now. <laughs> Something about that Filipino guy makes me hungry for Pringles. <laughs> fighting Darth Vader. I'm going to Ralph's. <laughs> um, Granted, it doesn't take much to make me hungry for Pringles. I mean, yeah. I can, uh, but as far as I can eat a can in oh, 30 man. seconds, that would be my commercial. Just so that's gosh. why the ratings for Shield went down is because everybody got up and went to, <laughs> went to eat Pringles. But the ratings for Pringles through the roof. <laughs> uh, but as far as impressions go, I think it's uh, as a performer, if you get auditions, sometimes you'll get uh, you know the legacy characters like mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck. Or uh, nowadays, as we all know, celebrities star in these giant feature films, and when it comes to the TV version of that film, they might not be available, like yeah. for Puss in Boots. Right. I think it was offered to Antonio, but I just, you know, he's, yeah, I'm all over the world. There's no way I can be stuck in Burbank. That now is, he's a B. Yeah, Nation X. Yeah, it's the, thing, the same thing he does <laughs> for everything. And then I did... Um, I did a, a Paul Giamatti voice match, which is very bizarre, because who, who, who does Paul Giamatti? It's very, you got to pretend like you're trying to eat your own neck, is what it is, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I, you don't know until, like, oh, hmm, you get the audition copy, and you're like, someone needs a Paul Giamatti voice match, because yeah. he was in Turbo. He played the snail of the brother of Ryan Reynolds in that movie. And I remember <laughs> Phil Lamar did a really good Snoop Dogg voice match on that show. <laughs> uh, Reed Scott, he was on Veep. Uh, he's on Veep still, and he was the Ryan Reynolds voice match. 
And then I did uh, Paul Giamatti, who's just a snail, who is just very all about safety, okay? He, you know, buckle up for safety, kids. That's, that's my advice for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's weird. I use that at the In-N-Out drive-thru. Uh, <laughs> I'll have a, a number two animal style. Paul Giamatti's yeah. in In-N-Out. <laughs> I'll have a milkshake here. animal style. And everything's animal stuff. And then you pull up to the window and they just look at you funny like, yeah. <laughs> who is this guy? You don't match that. that Paul what did you do to Paul Giamatti? Hi. How much was that again? Like, is there any, anyone in the car with you? No, I'm by myself. <laughs> no. Yeah, George Takei. Hi. How are you? <laughs> things easily slide right into George oh Takei. And I don't mean that in any other way. Other than, uh, I mean, this is a library, for goodness sake. There are children here. I had a session with George, uh, a voice session, uh, Scooby Doo, and you know I felt like we all felt like lazy bums because we're all sitting down and he's like standing up. And um, I remember at one point uh, when the script was almost done, another part in the show was supposed to be played by uh, James Hong. Mm -hmm. You guys know James Hong out there. He's uh, he's been in everything. Him and Frank Welker share IMDb, split yeah. down the yeah. middle. But uh, he was the, the bad guy in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, James Hong. So I was doing scratch dialogue for him. <laughs> and George was like, well, you do a better Jimmy Hung than Jimmy Hung. Yeah, that was his high compliment. I was like, wow. George Takei. Just that <laughs> yeah. So now you're kind of in the zone where you're – doing a lot of work and doing very well in the world what kind of challenges have you faced and ha you've had to overcome and what do you kind of see as the challenges for us voice actors coming in the near future uh well i mean we did touch on the whole like celebrity thing i know like a few years back when it just started to i don't know if it was like a little uh you know, some, some of the other uh, heavy hitters ahead of me, years ahead of me, who have been in it for 20, 30 years, sure. are just like, um, had raised the issue of, well, you know, some of these uh, companies may be harvesting our auditions. Like, if they call for, like, a Yogi Bear or Boo Boo Soundalike, they might just be listening to what we would do in that role and mm. then maybe give it off to a celebrity and just, here, copy mm. this. Yeah. I mean, like, um, there are people that actually try to change their voice, like um, Mike Myers. When he yeah. does Shrek, he's doing, like, you know, his Scottish accent. Mm -hmm. um, Justin Timberlake, who did play Boo Boo, actually did a really pretty darn good Don Messick. I mean, it, you know, for a giant pop star, for him to do, like, a, a, a G yogi. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, like, pretty <laughs> cool. And then there are people like Chris Rock who sound just their their voice and Seth Rogen, they just sound like characters and they don't change their voice. Yeah. And it's like, but they're funny. So it's, uh, Tom Kenny said it in the documentary where it was like, celebrities, their job is to sound like them and voice actors, our job is to sound not like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. mm -hmm. half of my week, it just, I don't really get to use my normal speaking voice. <laughs> it's usually like a characterization, a characterization, or a voice match for something. Yeah. So um, it's it's not so much a challenge as it is like trying to find the right balance in what works for you. You know, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but me personally, any challenges? 
I am not a trained actor. I did not go to school for like performance arts. I went to school for broadcasting. You put me in a radio station, I know how to like, you know, uh, we used to like cut things with like razors and wax pencils. Like my, my teachers that at that old school, <laughs> yeah. like tape, reel to reel tapes and stuff like that. Uh -huh. Analog, not digital. Like that's when I was in school and that's what I learned was. Back in them old days. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Gary Owens. Yes, that's right. I mean, like th those are all my heroes and that's kind of like what I grew up watching and learning from. Uh, but as a, as a non student of acting, I had to face those challenges. I'd go into a booth that maybe I book something. And then I remember like some of the earliest gigs that I got, I would get notes from voice directors calling my agent saying, he's nice and all, and he can do voices. But he's not a good actor. Mm. And I just, you know, you hear that and you're like, oh my gosh, it hurts. But if I'm not, they're hiring me and like these companies and these these studios are hiring you to be their face for these characters and if you're not pulling your weight on that then they're not going to hire you but yeah. mm -hmm. something happened i don't know what it was maybe i was just watching too much stuff like over a year or two and i remember like andrea romano just was like i don't know what happened to you a switch just turned on and i think it's that fear of like not booking apart mm -hmm. uh i was drawing a lot uh as a character layout artist which you still do you know, i still like, do this is this is what his shooting scripts usually look like at the end yeah i'll draw yeah, there's stempy there's what marvin the martian which yes you, isn't very lovely now, yeah i mean i was drawing a lot at a studio six point harness they do like a lot of pilots and animated series in hollywood and i remember quitting my job with no leads for a voice like to be on any show and I just, that kind of pressure, I, uh, you know, I felt like at my studio job drawing, I felt like the guy who puts lettuce and tacos and hands it off to the next guy. It was an assembly line. <laughs> yeah. And I went, I can't do this anymore. I have to be in a sound booth and I have to do voices. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I quit my job and with the good graces, like I was able to start booking stuff for whatever reason, it just started yeah. happening. So. So quit your jobs, everybody. <laughs> That's the moral of this podcast. Quit your job. This Monday, I'm gonna do it on Monday. Don't show up in. for work and just be like, <laughs> I'll show and, you. And do voices about your teachers. Yeah. I'm teaching you all the bad things. Show up late for your podcast. <laughs> quit your job. As a guest. Yeah. Impress George Takei somehow, and then you'll make it. Um, Who knew it was that simple? You know, it's just, yeah. yeah, okay. It happens to be that simple. Um... <laughs> so uh, you kind of covered that you're not a trained actor, actually. Uh, but what other kinds of hurdles have you had? What uh, what are the roadblocks that have prevented you from getting roles, potentially, or anything else that you want to? Well, not Travis, obviously. <laughs> not no. Travis. no. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, um, I think it's just uh, you know, it's it's the luck of the draw. Um, there there aren't too many hurdles. Again, other than taking yourself out of the game or just like not being able to interpret copy. If, if there's anything that another piece of advice is like, be prepared for anything. Um, you will be handed like a stack of audition copy and there could be no context whatsoever. Sometimes it just shows up and it's like five different lines of dialogue. 
and there's no like who am I talking to? How old am I? Uh, am I an alien? Am I a prince? Am I a king? A princess? A monster? Sometimes they'll give it to you. Sometimes they won't. I remember being handed a video game like script, and the voice reference was a picture of an Asian woman. Yep. <laughs> they're like, that makes sense. Perfect. And I was like, uh, I'm a boy. Oh well, I'll try this anyways and see where it goes. It just it, it, communication sometimes could be your biggest hurdle. Uh, I record a show that is a Canadian co-production with uh, Disney XD now called Atomic Puppet. It just started airing this week, actually, and next week is our second week until it returns in the fall. Uh, Half, if not all, of the cast is in Toronto, and the director is in Toronto as well. (laughs) And I'm here in in California, and every Monday I'll hop into the booth, I'm by myself, and I'm talking to a screen, Skype, like she's direct, she's skyping in and she's directing. Yeah. So it's like, wow. those are interesting hurdles now. Oh, how the technology's changed. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, um, on Puss in Boots, John Leguizamo. You guys know John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. He was broadcasting or uh, recording and uh, skyping in from New York, and that was interesting because they're <laughs> like, "Here's your acting partner for today via Skype, John Leguizamo," and it was just like, "Hi." It was, it was yeah. like, "What? What is this? This is weird." I, f- I felt like I butt dialed someone by accident, and now I'm acting with John Leguizamo for two hours. So that seems odd to me because we can't even get Travis on Skype on the podcast. Oh, what? <laughs> it never works. You just hear the dial tone over and over again. He'll only come out on San Diego Comic Con. Yes, that's about right. it. That's more true than you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Travis is making his fifth appearance on the show in four years. <laughs> F- five years. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you ever get to record with other actors live in the studio? Have you ever had that opportunity? Like, I mean, like, like in terms of a full cast? Or full you just get, like, bl- oh yeah. Uh, yeah okay. As far as ensemble records go, that's the best because. Uh, I did Ben 10 Omniverse, and as you know, Ben 10 has been around for many years and has just rebooted itself again. But the version that I was on, um, there was Yuri Lowenthal, who played like the middle-aged Ben 10, and then Tara Strong would come in and play her original kid Ben 10. Mm-hmm. And then you have people like Rob Paulson, um, Yakko from Animaniacs, and Jeff Bennett, Johnny Bravo from... Mm-hmm the 90s I mean like all these people that I grew up watching I'm just sitting in a room going oh my gosh like <laughs> I never thought in a million years I would be uh, doing a voice session with Winnie the Pooh Jim Cummings right. you know like you're just like this is like a pinch me I'm dreaming moment and it's so hard not to be a fanboy around those people but like they also kind of like are fanboys too like they understand and appreciate their work they know what, what they do affects um, kids and grown-ups alike. And we all just, like, laugh about it. We just sit there and go, what are we doing? We're grown men and women, and we're <laughs> getting paid to be these characters, you know? And it's it's super fun. And then when a celebrity comes in, it's even more fun. Uh, I remember, again, Puss in Boots has just been, like, a fountain of, of experiences. There's been so many people on that. You know? Danny Trejo. Do you guys know Danny Trejo? Mm-hmm. from Machete, yes. Machete. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I'm like, I thought he just did tacos. That was it. Oh my gosh, I have yet to go to his taco stand. Yeah, I want to go. Really it's apparently it's like should, let's leave right now. Let's go, get guys. Let's all pile up in my car and go. Go to L.A. <laughs> screw this Comic Con business. Danny Trejo's tacos is where it's at. And he's um, such a nice guy. He's like a big teddy bear. He's like my height, but the width of both of these tables. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like a like this little truck that marches in, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this, this is so intimidating. <laughs> But I remember after doing a session with him, he's like, "You do, you do a better job than Antonio would have ever done on this show." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what are you talking about, man? That's insane!" So now you're endorsed by Dan- Danny Trejo, Trejo and yeah. George and Takei. George Takei. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm getting the stamp of approval of some pretty weird people, <laughs> right? Yeah. What is something you mentioned? The celebrities in there, you've done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This last season has featured people like David Tennant, Michael Dorn, yes, um, David Keith, so, uh, Keith David, excuse me, My, it, Michael I mean, Dorn, another one. If you guys are Star Trek fans, he's Worf. Uh, not only is he, as I'm a huge Michael Dorn fan, yeah. uh, Worf was my favorite character in Star Trek history. I'm watching that show. I'm also a big dinosaur dork. Yeah. And he plays a Triceraton. Oh, I my nearly God. Lo- I, I texted you right away. Yeah. I'm like, Worf is playing a dinosaur. It was like blew my mind. It was so cool. He's just another guy that just comes in. He lives in Orange County, and he takes the train in. Uh, he did an episode of Uncle Grandpa. He had like one line of dialogue. And literally, it's like, <laughs> it, his voice can set off car alarms. Yeah. And he says his line. He's like, well, I guess I'm going to hop back on the train and go. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, bye, Worf. Worf's <laughs> riding a train. But it's like, it's just that easy, I guess. I don't know. Some people just make it look so darn easy. Um, but, yeah, uh, you see these folks that have this career on camera and have entered this pop culture phenomenon if they're in genre movies or sci-fi movies. Mark Hamill. I will show mm-hmm. you a stream of texts. I again, I just uh, my four-month-year-old uh, Riker. Uh, no Star Trek relation. It's kind of weird, but his name's Riker. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm changing his diaper at like three in the morning, and then my phone lights up, and I'm like, oh, okay, open it up, and it's like a direct Twitter message from Mark Hamill <laughs> at three in the morning. And he's like, is that your baby? Wow. <laughs> he's so cute. You have to bring your baby over. I want to babysit your baby. And I'm like changing a diaper at 3 in the morning. I was like, that's, uh, that's Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker <laughs> wants me to come over. And it's because, you know, he and his, his family, he's got, he goes, I got three kids, no grandkids yet. I want to hold a grandkid right now. And yeah. it's just like. He's just the, a family guy, like all of us, any any one of us that loves kids. And he just, you know, uh, aside from this giant uh, presence that he has here, uh, he's just a normal dude, you know, that just wants to uh, change my son's diaper. And a guy who survived <laughs> on voice acting for so long after being, I mean, he's one of, yeah. if not the most iconic character in, in sci-fi film yeah. history. And well, then he turns right around and does and gets it. in a way gets shackled yeah. by it to a certain degree. Sure. As a lot of people sure. had a problem with and found another avenue by being able to go and removing his face, but just doing the voice. Yeah. I remember the first time when people told me that he was doing voice acting, I said I, I didn't believe. It. I was like, how does Mark Hamill not do like acting on the screen? He he's got a, he's a fantastic voice actor. But so I mean, his, his Joker's become iconic. I mean, yeah. But you story, can't think yeah. of seeing that animated character without, without hearing thinking that of, of Mr. Hamill. I'll yeah. tell you a cool story is that. Um, Tim Curry was originally supposed to be Joker in the animated series. He did one episode. He did the very yeah. first episode, yeah. and then they brought Mark in. Because Mark was so passionate about being a voice yeah. on Batman. He was like, mm-hmm. I want to be a character on it. And then 
and I remember Andrea telling me, oh, yeah, maybe you could be like thug number three or whatever you want. Like, take your pick. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to be the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he brought his lightsaber. And That's funny because at Celebration, somebody handed him a Joker lightsaber. Oh, really? Yeah, they ma- they custom made one for him. And he's wow. like, He's like, oh, this is really cool. And everything starts to hand it back. And the guy's going, no, that's no, yours. That's yeah. yours. Yeah. That's yours. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I remember um, – looking at those texts and uh, from him and thinking, what is he doing up at three in the morning though? And it's because he was in England still filming. Mm-hmm. Always on an eight hours difference. Yeah. Yeah. But he was just like, if I could only tell you, like he's like a kid in a candy store again. <laughs> I could just see the joy in his eyes every time I see him. He's so happy. So Eric, what would you say is the process that you use to get into a character? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just reading, reading, reading. It's all just, you know, learning those lines, even though you have the luxury of having the lines in front of you and just knowing the dialogue, just trying to understand your, at your best ability to put yourself in this environment that has yet to be drawn or animated. Um, it's just a lot of studying your, your script. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if it's a case of voice matching, um, it's a sense of training yourself to see where, you know, the source material. Mel Blanc is, like, probably the most... Mm-hmm. The like, god. ...famous voice yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. He pre- pretty much defined voice actor, the term voice mm-hmm. actor, voice characterization. Yeah. Uh, and one of the influences for me uh, and being able to do um, his voices is uh, an honor. Like, I've done Marvin the Martian for... Uh, the Looney Tunes show, um, uh, Pepe Le Pew recently <laughs> for Wabbit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the really romantic ver- skunk. Is that like a version of your Antonio voice? Yeah, but French. <laughs> that is nice. Yes. Yeah. Antonio with a French accent. Yes. Yeah, he could play Pepe Le Pew in a movie, I'm sure. Um, when, when you did Luke Skywalker for the uh, Lego. Yeah. Did you talk to Mark about it? You know, I haven't really talked to him about it, but when I see him next, I'll, I will definitely bring him up. Because you're you know, like an exclusive club now. You're, you've gotten to play Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I know. It's a Lego Luke Skywalker. Maybe that's why. <laughs> it's that's Luke why. Skywalker. <laughs> close enough. Close enough. <laughs> One-eighth Luke Skywalker. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, we all know now Lego is like this automatic comedy filter. Like, you could be listening to this, uh, watching this podcast now, but if we were all Lego characters, <laughs> it would be ten times as funny. Of course. Just because it's Lego. That's See, now we that's should what we're do, do for a live stream. We'll yeah. just do Legos. Do yeah. Lego get an animator right. to do Lego versions. Legos, I'm sure we could Because yeah, that's not going to yeah. be hard to do. Let's animate it. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Do you remember doing the, the Death Star strip club yeah, thing with the figures that took us four days to do? <laughs> two yeah, minutes worth of footage? It was two minutes, but it's all stop motion. Now I need to look that up. So I want to get to some questions for the audience, but... Before I do, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. what was it like being nominated for an Emmy? Oh, man, like the biggest surprise ever. Uh, a year before. No. My, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's it's a, a, just like, it was horrible. It was yeah. the worst experience of my life. <laughs> I, I felt sick to my stomach. Uh, <laughs> because you also had the birth of your son and the Emmy nomination, like within weeks almost. I brought time. him to the Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, which one was better? never seen so many drunk women want to hold my child. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your baby? Let's let me hold your baby. <laughs> Give me like, your baby. On. You're on like like ten inch heels. You're all wobbly. Uh, you're like no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and again, uh, it was also the same night that uh, Frank Welker was honored with his honorary Emmy, and 
Peter Cullen came out, the voice of Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. among mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. just his buddy since forever, like gave him a really great speech. And it was just nice. Um, for me, it's just being able to do what I love and get to mm-hmm. work. And then stuff like the Emmys is just like cherry on Sunday. Like I'd still be just <laughs> as happy if I didn't get nominated. But uh, that honor that night did go to Jeff Bennett, who has been in the industry for God knows how long, over 30 years. 30 or 40, yeah. The most humble guy just wants to play golf and do cartoon voices. <laughs> and now he's an Emmy winner. So good good for him. That, that sounds like mm-hmm. a terrible life. Yeah. Okay, so does anyone from the audience have a question for Eric or anyone up here? Sure. I think <laughs> by all we means, can use the like. microphone. We can, uh, yeah. You have a pretty strong voice. So. Yell like crazy. I mean, I'm not, but when I read, I am. Like, it's crazy. Like, I don't think it is. I mean, you speaking just now, like, you have a really nice-sounding voice, very strong-sounding voice, and I feel like sometimes the copy that is handed to you, nine times out of ten, they just say, change it to what's comfy for you. If you can't, uh, there will be paragraphs. Again, citing Puss in Boots or Tiger Claw from Ninja Turtles, like I'll have to do a monologue and it's just like so intimidating. There's like eight people watching you read this moving script and then you stumble halfway through. And all you have to do is just when you do the stumble, just pause so the editor has space to make that edit and mm-hmm. then just continue on. You know, um, but I, I don't think it... it would be a challenge. Well, that's uh, one of the great things about being digital now is you can take a monologue and you could say it five times and they can pick lines out of each one of them. It's like a Frankenstein, they call it. It really is how they can cut things. Well, also the benefit of doing voiceover is that, you know, you're not on the camera to a point where an editor couldn't cut you out of that part. You know, it's just literally your audio and so they can cut it and it's a lot easier. But as far as like just being um, comfortable reading aloud, and uh, public speaking, you know, like if that makes you like uneasy, just practice, practice, practice. And, and I'm sure you'll find a good zone for yourself. And then when you're with others, uh, other like, are you from here or are you from? Uh, I live in Long Beach. So okay. I mm-hmm. San Diego a lot. Nice. Just find like, uh, like a local group of actors, voiceover yeah. artists that also love to do that and just, and there's a lot of coaches and stuff that can work with you. And I know, like, for Arabella, when, when she was first getting with Puss and Boots, we took her to a coach, and one of the things she said was just have her stand in front of the mirror, reading lines. If you have a microphone, even better, because then you get comfortable with the microphone. And a lot of the times it's not about the words on the page. It's what you bring to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say finding your comfort zone because – you're going to need to take some classes if you haven't before and get into just what it's like being in the booth. Yeah, mic but technique and all mic, that stuff. There's a lot of mic technique pulling away and going forward. It's going to affect how it's going and what your emotion you're bringing to the piece at that point in time. But the more, like what Eric was saying, the more comfortable you get with it, the easier it's going to be because the intention and the emotion and the background and the story of what's going on on the page is way more important than the specific mm-hmm. exact words that are there. 
So the more you get comfortable reading scripts, the more you get comfortable with the scripts, the more time you have to read over them over and over again, you're gonna, because everybody's scared and nervous and upset and anxious when they're auditioning and when they're trying to perform, every, everybody's got the butterflies. Mm -hmm. So just the more you get yourself prepared and the more ready you are for yourself, then yeah, the, I don't think it would be a big problem at all. Well, yes. and, and another quick thing is that sometimes when you mess up a line, it ends up becoming better than the line itself. Happy little accents, mm -hmm. accidents. Mm -hmm. I know Arabella was in there one day and she flubbed a line. I think it was how she pronounced, uh, um, Senorita, uh, uh, Senorita. No, I, I, I don't say or no. What's the character? What's the? Oh, Dulcinea. Dulcinea. She she pronounced it wrong, and and Andrea was like, "Oh, I like that." We're keeping it. Yeah. Yeah. It just you it know. fit the character. You know? In terms of that preparation, let me ask you, how often do you find yourself just talking to yourself in character? Oh, on you the know, on or, the or way. Do you, into I mean, the do you only do lines, or are you reading stuff like, like I'll, I'll out it if I'm reading a comic book. Sometimes I'll do it in voices out loud just to do yes. something fun with it, that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing that with other with other media or even just like if you're looking over a grocery list or something, are you using voices for it or whatever? Well, of course, anytime you watch something like Simpsons or Family Guy, you know, nine times out of ten I'll be driving my car and then just be in Peter Griffin all the time. I don't even know why, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I, th I think it's funny. It's it just the stuff that you, you're just like a... Na if you're a voiceover artist or an actor, it's like you just naturally absorb... You know these performances that you hear, and yeah, and you can't help it. I find myself in the car doing that all the time. When I all of a sudden I'll come up with a voice, <laughs> and I'm like scrambling for my phone, like, oh, I got to let me record this so I can remember how to do to get into that voice again. Uh, or if it's for prep for work, I will, uh, I will usually be at home. I'll read a script once, just mm -hmm. like just breeze through it real quick once. You also almost don't want to over prepare because once you right. get to that comfort zone level, you. Um, you, you see the lines and you see them for just what they are. And then when you go into work, usually that changes. Everything that you thought may have been in this line, all the investment you put into it gets thrown out the window because the director is like, no, it should be like this. Oh, or yeah. the writer's like, no, nah, I kind of heard it like this. And it could change when you have the um, chemistry with the other actor next yeah. to you. Maybe there's something else that she or he brings to the table that you weren't hearing when you read the script. And then uh, for Puss in Boots, I will watch a short that's on YouTube that is called Three Diablos. It's exactly like 12 minutes long. And it's like a full like circle performance of Antonio Banderas okay. doing this yeah. awesome cartoon. It's so funny. You got to check it out. Anybody else have a question? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, definitely, your your demo reel, as we all know, is going to be your calling card, and it's usually like about a minute, minute and a half long. Usually, it's the first thirty seconds that a, a voice caster will listen to, yeah. and that's when you definitely should show your acting chops, your range, and when I say range, I mean all the stuff that's within your. Um, you know, your voice box, not to push it too far so that maybe you are doing a voice like this. And they're like, perfect. And you're like, crap, now I have to do this for four hours. Which yeah. I've done so many times to myself. Yep. I can do the one all the way like, 
I go all the way down like that. I yeah. can't sustain Forget that it. for 30 minutes. This I is did no that way. on Adventure Time. I, yeah. I played this bear, this bear that was <laughs> yep. imitating Finn. And I was like, oh, they're great. That, that's good. Do yeah. that for four or five four hours. hours. And yeah. I was like, here's your 20 pages. Oh, crap. Why <laughs> did I do this? And it's just like, now I have to do it. Even a few times on the show where I have... I just like do a voice for through our pro, our podcast, yeah. and you just lose it in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't do it anymore. Or you automatically <laughs> go into it, and you have to. Yeah. The other thing you can do is there's places like Actors Access or Casting Frontier that don't require agents, so you can submit yourself um, through auditions that are posted. for auditions. So that yeah. way you can build up your yeah. resume. It's as much as it is prep at home and prep with the demo. It is like trying to find those young filmmakers out there, and I was gonna say fellow actors that wanna practice aloud, because there's nothing like getting in the booth and just going for it. Yeah. So my, my other advice is to try to contact any local animation houses in your area that may be making these like lower end pilots or just kind of commercials that may need a voice, and they may hear something in you or you and go, that's the guy, that's the girl for the job. Yeah, is anything you can do that you'd want to do, right? I mean, if it's local or, or anything yeah. to get started, just there's to get a, there. It's everywhere. Anywhere that there's ears. Well, we, we, were, we were at a panel one year with Max Brooks, and Max Brooks is a writer. He wrote World War Z, and he was presented with a question with somebody who goes, well, how do I, you know, how do I write? How do I become a writer? And he's like, write. Just do it, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Don't allow your fears or your own apprehensions to hold you back. If you really doing, want to do yeah. it, just get out there. And, and, and doing doing what you, you plan on doing, doing it all the time. That was Stephen King's advice, too. If you don't write every day, you're not a writer. You have to keep going. In terms of voices, I mean, like I said, every, you know, something I thought about at one point, but every day I'm doing some weird voice in my head. I'm yeah. doing something at work. <laughs> you I'm, can also, yeah. yeah um, being a manager, I yell at yeah. people at work and, and weird and voices. Voice. But you can also do, uh, look online for uh, voiceover workout groups, which is going to be a whole bunch of actors with the same intent of being a voiceover actor and they all get together and just jam just get together and jam so you can search for that there's a lot of online resources too um, there's a couple pay-to-play sites where you pay the fee so I'm not promoting that but um, there is endless auditions on there too if you just want to go for it okay no 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 go ahead good Definitely, uh, I mean, I'll hear like a few demos out there and it's definitely copy that I know I've read for auditions and yep. you can't help that. But it's totally awesome when you come up with some of your own stuff or definitely original characters. It could be a king, but it's your king. Could be a warrior hero, but it's your warrior hero, you know? Yeah, if you have a friend who's a writer or anything like that, you can help that too. I've done that. Um, writing just just a lines of dialogue it, it, there's no context in terms of the scene but coming up with a very short bio for two characters that i then can give to a friend who is going to use that to record voices with just that it's original pieces of dialogue and small words and big words and try and give some emotional direction to it as well we are almost we've got what like two minutes left right so okay. i'm going to take your yeah. question there and then we'll have to wrap up after that yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, yes, because um, I feel like I'm not inhibited by something that someone in a classroom that was studying for that was, 
you know, that's, this is like I'm not in a box. I'm outside. No, the box. this is how you're supposed to do it. This is what yeah. they told me I had to do. I have <laughs> zero technique. It's sink or swim. <laughs> and if I can make people laugh, then I know I'm doing my job right. So that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of guts to spare. <laughs> Especially after the baby. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to wrap things up. Um, make sure if, if you're interested in the podcast, you check us out. We're on. Uh, what SoundCloud, Stitcher? Don't you said you weren't going to screw this up. <laughs> you said for like weeks. It, it's you have that's it. why you had me come up with this yeah. thing. Is so I know, it's become a tradition. You can now, literally right? read it. You can no just read what. it. When they're talking about the digital cut, that's what I was talking. We need to go through every single podcast, find the one time that you got each of the lines right <laughs> over the last four and years, and just leave that and then blow it into everyone. one thing, and then just do it as a as a as press play. This is how our roundtables usually get. We're just you know talking over each other. This is the end of every podcast. It's usually I'm trying to get through the ending and me just blabbering on about something. Or your voice, whatever voice you get yeah. during that. But yeah, check us out. We're also on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. And we're on Twitter, at Nerdables Show. So there, I got those right. Wow. What else are we on? As practice. Do we, have four. we have an Instagram account now. What's we that? have an Instagram yeah. account now as of last week, was it, Ethan? Yeah, just about. So we're Instagram. We're at Nerdables. <laughs> um, check us out. We, we would love to have you guys listen to it or even give us some feedback on what you thought about this episode. Or feedback big. We haven't got uh, one of the biggest things in terms of like growing your podcast in terms of iTunes is when you get comments on those on that iTunes page. That's how it helps lead people to it. Um, so if we've got anyone here that's not friends or family, so there's one or two of you, I think. Um, if you go to iTunes and find our podcast and just leave us a comment, you can even say we're terrible. We, you know, it still helps. Um, we also have, we have a family podcast as well. Sebastian and I do a comic tating podcast every week. We do. In which we do uh, reviews, and uh, we do it early Wednesday morning. It's usually there on Wednesday, so if you're headed towards the shop, if you're a comic book fan, if you're at Comic-Con, we're hoping you're a comic book fan. There's that as well. And uh, Rich and Ethan do um, a Walking Dead podcast or Walking Dead cast when that season is on for reviews and wrap-ups of those shows <laughs> as well. And, and people are rushing the stage. Oh, It's not an Emmy. Uh, <laughs> but it is our yeah, It would be gold if it was. It's wow. better than an Emmy. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a guys, little robot. You, guys made you, re- you realize you guys now did. people are going to go to all the booths in there figuring out where this is. Like, where is this that? exclusive? Do you have that Nerdable spot? <laughs> So we also, I have a few more. These are all prototypes that we did, and uh, we have a few. We should have uh, slipped it into one of those booths. I know, right? All the booths <laughs> to sell it, just pull one and put one on there. And see, and I, I, I've insane. got a few uh, seventeen by or eleven by seventeen posters. If anyone would like to have one, but yeah, definitely check us out. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'd love to hear from you and know what you think of the show. Yeah. But thank you guys. Thank for you. Thank you. thank you, Eric. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. No, I don't want to say it. She's also weird. She's like, you're just going to get out. I have to have that there. Yeah. <laughs> People can do stuff. Take your... Take your